Jeremiah chapter 16. So please keep in prayer. We've got a number of people who are sick, uh, dealing with sickness, and then others dealing with terrible loss. Uh, I want to mention Brother Blake Harrison lost his mother this week, and we want to be praying for him and praying for his family and all they're going through. Just please remember the uh, the holiday season. Uh, we're thankful for those of us that it's happy for, but it's not happy for everybody. And let's keep those in mind. Let's be praying for people and lifting each other up. Uh, if you've got family to spend time with, treasure every moment with them as we uh, prepare for this Christmas season. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 16, verse number 16. Just a single verse of study says, Behold, I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after will I send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. God will help me uh, this morning. I want to talk for just a short time about the fisher the hunter, the fisher and the hunter. Would you lift your hands and would you pray across the house? God, we need you today. God, you know every need, you know every situation in this place. God, give us wisdom to hear and receive your word, God, to act upon your word. God, let your spirit have free course in this place. Change every mind, change every heart, Lord. God, someone here that could be looking at their last opportunity today, I'm praying that you would help them, God. Help them to make the right choice to turn unto you, God, and to repent. God, I'm thankful for the opportunity to repent of every sin and lay it before you. That we can go home changed. We give you the glory. We give you the honor and the praise. Would you give God a hand clap of praise? God bless you. You may be seated. The Bible often tells the story of the various callings of the Lord Jesus. Uh, One of the most well-known callings that he gave was the call to discipleship, which he gave to his followers. Mark 1 and 17 would say, And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. This calling to become fishers of men was not only for his disciples in that day, but today Jesus is still calling people to come after him. He's still calling men and women to become fishers of men and lead others to the truth. Uh, Matthew 11 and 28, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in spirit, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It is not a hard thing to live for the Lord, but it's the best life living for God. Being able to be forgiven of your sin and be changed and be led into a new way of thinking and of life. It is a call that God would give. Now, thank the Lord, the call of God is not something that only comes once in our life, but God is patient and persistent, reaching for us through many different avenues, time after time, day after day. 
Romans 11 and 29 would say, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. They don't turn around. They don't change direction. But until your time is up, God is going to be reaching for you and going to be drawing you. And so I want to talk for a bit about the callings of God. I would like to divide them into two separate categories of calling. There are the resistible callings of God and there are the irresistible callings of God. I want to give thanks to the Lord for the callings of God in my life. There's nothing I treasure more than His call. I don't remember the first time I felt His presence, but from the time I was a child, I was in the church environment and feeling uh, the presence of God as people would worship. And as the preaching was going forth, the earliest memories of my life are marked by the presence of God. I'm thankful that the way that God moves, even a child can understand and can discern the presence and the Spirit of God. Many times a child might not understand a thing that is preached, but during the altar call they can lift up their hands and tears begin to flow and they begin to feel the Spirit of God working on them. In the Bible we read of Samuel who as a child had a distinct call from God. He heard God's voice so clearly that he thought Eli spoke unto him from the next room. Now, most of us don't have a call from God like that as far as so clear and audible and distinct. But I thank God that every one of us can feel his presence. We can feel his love that draws us in and draws us toward him. And so the callings of God are many. There are many different times and avenues uh, through which God would call a person. But again, I want to divide his call into two categories. One, the call that you can resist, and two, the call that you cannot resist. There is an appeal that comes from God to all men, that comes time after time, but after a certain amount of time that only God knows, then it ceases to become an appeal and it becomes an appointment. And when it becomes an appointment, then the spirit, the language, the attitude of the call changes. I'm thankful for the call of God I felt this morning. I felt a call to pray this morning. I felt a call to live pleasing before God this morning. I felt a call to make my calling and election sure this morning. I thank God for the call that will go forth in this house today. When it's time to come to the altar that God is going to give a call to each one of you. You will have an opportunity to respond. It is an amazing thing to think that God would call us. That he would stoop so low to call each one of us. I feel the spirit of the psalmist in Psalm 8 when he said, What is man that thou art mindful of him? To think that a God so vast that He inhabits all time and space. To think that He would come and enter this place today with the intention of calling every one of us to repentance. Of calling us to life everlasting. To think that we as nothing more than sacks of dirt with a heart and a mind and a soul. That God would work on us. That God would love us enough to care for our every care. And to think that God would give us the opportunity to say no if we so desire. It is a horrible thing to consider the way that each of us has rejected the calling of God at various points in our life. I think that if the mayor of this city called you, he would get no such refusal. I think that 
If the governor of the state called on you, he would get no such refusal. If there were an appeal made to you for fellowship, for partnership, but God of heaven and earth would call on you and say, come, let us reason together that God would say, I'll make a bargain with you. You bring your old sins to me and I'll wash them and I'll make you white as snow. I want to tell you, it's a bargain. It's a deal that God has offered every one of us today. There, there are callings that are going forth to repentance. But you see, we each have the prerogative, the opportunity to refuse the call that God has given. You have a choice to respond or not respond. You can fold your hands and say, I'll wait for another day and I'll gamble that I'll have another opportunity. And God will not force you to respond. It has been said that the doorknob to your heart opens from the inside only. That God never forces His way in, but He only enters a willing and obedient heart. We know that this life living for God has got to be a willful expression of your faith. God will not make you follow Him. He forces no one to take up a cross and follow Him, but you've got to choose Him. You've got to choose His yoke that when God pulls on your heart and pulls you into a new way of living... He gives you free will to accept or to reject His call. Now this is because God made you in His image. And in His image there is an ability to choose. There is a sovereign part of each one of us that God Almighty chooses not to violate. And so everyone under the sound of my voice you can say yes or no to many of the callings of God. In our text, God told Jeremiah, tell the people, I'm coming after them using two separate methods. First, I will send the fishers among them and they will fish for them. But after the fishers, I will send a group that is quite different. They will be of a different mind and different mentality because when the fisher has stepped away, then I will send the hunter. And the hunter will hunt them from every mountain and from every hill, and from out of the holes of the rock. I don't believe it was a coincidence that when the Lord called His disciples, He told them, I will make you fishers of men. Understand that God has sent some of the greatest fishermen of our day through the doors of this church. They have stood in this pulpit. They have fished for the souls of men and women. We're living right now in a day and age of fishing, that this church is reaching out and calling and inviting and luring, if you please, the souls of men and women in this area to come into the ark of safety and find repentance and find salvation before it's too late. If you're here today, whether you're a first-time guest or whether you've been here all your life, I want you to know that God is making a call for you today. God is reaching for you today. Is anybody thankful for the call of God in this place? But again, as odd as it may seem, there are many calls that you have the opportunity to resist and to say no to. When the call of salvation arrives in your life, you have the privilege to say yes or no. Because the call to salvation is a resistible call. When the Lord said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
You have the opportunity to heed his words or to reject his words. I'm thankful for the day I heeded his words and I was obedient and I heard the call and came toward him. I'm glad I didn't wait for another day. Is anybody thankful you didn't wait when the call for salvation came but you said, hey, today is my day to be saved. And so the call to salvation arrives in each life today. You can be saved no matter what you're dealing with or how long you've been dealing with it. If you'll respond in obedience today, you can be saved. I want to beg you, don't put off the call for another day. Don't don't assume that you have another day to respond. I thank God for the call to salvation, which is accompanied by the call to repentance. I thank God today for the freedom that comes with the call to repentance. I've seen many, a man and woman, answer the call to repentance in this altar. They have brought their burden of sin that they have piled up over a lifetime and they have found that through repentance they can lay down their heavy burdens and they can be made free. I've seen the expression on their faces change as God lifts the burden of sin from their soul as things begin to change. That call to repentance, the call to turn away from sin, the call to turn toward God. It is a call that you can accept or that you can refuse. I want you to know that you can continue to live in sin today if that's what you choose to do. But if you desire, you can repent and you can be made free. We have to keep our souls soft to the call of repentance. It's important that we never get past the call of repentance, but every day I've got to humble myself before Him. I've got to find a place of repentance. Is anybody thankful today for the opportunity to repent before God? You see, the call to repentance is a resistible call. God's not going to force you to repent. Nobody can make you repent. Nobody can make you change because repentance involves your will. It involves your inner man. It involves your heart. And nobody can force your heart. It's a call of God that you can respond to or you can ignore. But when you feel that prick of conviction and the Spirit reaches to your heart, you need to be quick to shut everything else down in your life and say, hey, it's time for me to repent. It's time for me to get things right with God. Now there is another call that comes to each and every one of us, and that is the call to pray. It's so important that we all learn how to yield to the call to pray. This is a call that as you yield to it, the call will get stronger and stronger in your life. It's it's something you'll hear every day, that call to prayer. I've learned I cannot respond except I pray. I, I can't live for God except I pray. I can't survive in this life except I pray. If I had to choose between the call to preach and the call to pray, there's no choice to make because before God ever called me to preach to anybody, He called me to pray. He called me to talk to Him. But this call to prayer is something you don't have to answer. You're free in your spirit to say yes or to say no. 
And so the callings of God are upon this house today. They come to each one of us each and every day. And if we're not careful, we will take the callings of God for granted. We'll assume that we'll always have another opportunity. I want to tell you, it's a blessing when God calls you to prayer and He calls you into His presence. Psalm 65 and 4 would say, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts. I'm thankful for that call to prayer, though it will at times separate you from those around you. It may call you in the middle of the night when God is looking for somebody he can trust to intercede for somebody else. But friend, if you learn how to pray, it will make the difference in your life. There, there's a call to prayer that God has given to each and every one of us. There's a call to prayer that goes out before every service down in the prayer room in, in pre-service prayer. I thank God for those that make time to answer the call and see the importance of getting their flesh and their spirit right before God by answering the call to prayer. There is the call to worship. There is an appeal, an invitation to worship God that goes forth each and every service. It is addressed with tender words from the Lord. It is a sweet and intimate call that God would give that you could come before His presence with a sacrifice of thanksgiving and lift your hands and shed your burdens in honor of the Lord. Every service the Lord sends out a call for worshipers in this place. Don't, don't think it's a small thing when you constantly miss the worship service and, and just come in for the preaching. But you're missing your opportunity to sacrifice something before the Lord. To give up an offering unto Him. To give a sweet smelling savor of yourself. But friend, you don't have to worship. The call can go forth and you have the power to ignore the call to worship. And, and if you do, that call will get weaker and weaker and weaker in your life. You'll, you'll get to the point where you don't even desire to worship. You're, you're completely fine being in the presence of other worshipers and you have no desire to worship yourself. Why? Because that call is getting weaker. It's losing its strength in your life every time you reject it. I thank God this is a worshiping church. God didn't call us to be a dignified or a starchy church. He didn't call us to be a quiet and pious church that holds up an image. But God called a people to worship Him in spirit and in truth. God is calling a people that are not worried about what other people think. But say, hey, I've got to worship the Lord for what He's done for me. But again, the call to worship is a resistible call. It's a call that you can reject any day, any night. You can choose not to worship the Lord. But also any day or night you can choose to worship Him. It's a call that you've got to make up your mind no matter what my circumstance is. No matter what the surrounding, whether everybody else is worshiping or whether nobody's worshiping. I am going to be a worshiper because I know what God has done for me. Whether I feel like it or not, whether I had a good day or a bad day, I'm going to worship God because God is worthy of my praise. Come on, does anybody believe that today? Whether we're feeling good or bad, we worship Him. Whether we're high or low, He's worthy of our praise. 
Now we could go on talking about the resistible calls of God. I could talk about the call to be a part of God's financial plan. You, you talk about a bargain to be a business partner with God. How could you go wrong? I could talk about the call to separation or to holiness that you are able to resist if you so choose. I, I could talk about the call to faithfulness to God and to his house. I, I don't understand why people would want to miss church. This is the dinner table where you're fed and where you're strengthened. It's important that we are faithful to the house of God. But you see, every one of these calls are resistible. But I want to quickly draw your attention to some other callings in your life that you have no choice in. And I'll be coming to a close quickly. But these are the irresistible callings of God. That when God has reached for you so many times and you have chosen to reject His call, Paul wrote this. He said, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. That after you have chosen what you will do with the call of God, after the ball has been in your court to respond or not respond all your life, and God has called and beckoned you time after time after time, God has used every lure in His divine tackle box to reach you, and every opportunity has passed you by, then there comes a day where God will say, all right, fishermen, the the fishing season is over. It's time to put up the poles. It's time to put away the bait and the lures. And now it is hunting season. I want you to get your destroying weapons out. And now the appeal that God had given you now becomes a summons. And now the call ceases to have the same tenderness and grace and mercy and loving kindness that it had before. And there will Come a day where the hunter will come into your life and he'll come to that same place where the fisherman had cast the lure time and time and time again and tried to get you to answer the call to salvation, to answer the call to repentance, to act the call to prayer and to praise and to worship and to holiness. That when all of these things have run their course... And rest assured in every single life, they will run their course. Not one of you will live forever, but there is a time that God has designated. And there will be a day where in the courts of heaven where eternal decisions are made that God of all heaven will call the hunter and he'll say... Hunter, I've got a mission for you. Fishing season is over in this life. And and I've got an address for you. I know where they live. I've been there many times. I've knocked on the door of their heart many times. Every appeal has gone unanswered. Every invitation has been rejected. Every calling has been ignored. And fishing has failed. And Hunter, I want you to go and get them and bring them to me. You can stand if you would. I'm coming to a close. I don't feel to preach any longer. And ask every head bowed, every eye closed. I've been a witness a few times to what happens when the hunter is called. When that tender appeal, that beautiful invitation becomes a summons. I've seen people reject that final call of the fisher. I've seen them walk out these double doors proud and unmoved. And the next time I saw them, they were rolled down in front of this pulpit in a casket. You can't imagine the scores of people who have died lost with promises of getting right with God on their lips. 
How many here today, you're on borrowed time. You've been saying for years that you're going to get things right with God. That you're going to surrender to God and get filled with the Holy Ghost. Friend, somebody here is living on borrowed time today. James 4 and 14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I had something completely different I intended to preach today. I worked on something different all day yesterday. And God put this on my heart. There's somebody here today, God's getting ready to send the hunter after you. I don't know whose name is on the, on the list, but I know that God sent me here to preach to somebody. Maybe God's decided you've had enough services. You've rejected enough altar calls. And so the hunter is the next person you're going to meet. I thought this morning of a man who was a close friend of mine. The last phrase I ever heard fall from his lips was a promise that he was going to get right with God. He was going to get things straightened out. Little did we know that God had already sent the hunter after him. Only a short while later, he went out into eternity lost to meet God. It's a fact that nearly everybody in the building thinks you have more time left than what you do. You need to make your mind up, sir, ma'am. One day there's going to come a knock on the door of your heart and that pale white horseman of death is going to be there to take you somewhere. You need to make up your mind, I'm going to get right with God. I shouldn't have to open the altar today. There ought to be some people that have made up your mind, I'm going to get right with God. It's a promise. Death is appointed to every man. And after that, the judgment. I didn't come here today as a hunter, but I came to warn you about the hunter. I'm here fishing for you. Would you respond to the call of God? There's some you've been living in sin long enough. You need to make up your mind. I'm not going to live that way anymore. 